0: i'm dead fresh i might pull up in a casket be come on like bro
1: Remember, guys, don't take us too serious. We're just some bros being dudes talking sports. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Bros Being Dudes Talking Sports. We apologize for the delay on the late week episode. We've had a busy week, uh, lots of sports news to to cover and watch. Uh, we've had some some scheduling conflict, so just another solo dolo episode for your boy. Uh, but uh, I'm going to bring you all the breaking news around the sports world that you need to know. Hopefully it's entertaining. If not, at least you're getting to hear the sports news. It's all that matters, right? Um, so I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, we got an exciting show for you guys today as always. Uh, We're going to start it off. Uh, Let's start in the UFC. Uh, There's been a cancellation yet again due to coronavirus. So we saw it happen a couple weeks ago um, when uh, the Derrick Lewis fight had to be postponed due to coronavirus. Obviously, that sucks. Uh, Now this one, um, Weedman and Hall, that's going to be postponed UFC 258. Uh, that's moved now uh, because of Weedman's uh, excuse me uh, Weedman's positive Corona test uh, so I-, I think that's gonna get moved sometime uh, to April. I didn't get to catch the full story but yeah it is it is postponed as of now so they are still going to fight um, date TBD so that stinks UFC 258 card was never really that spectacular. it is still a good card though. So I, I am looking forward to it. Uh, and sticking in the UFC, Usman came out today and said that he had a shattered nose going into the Masvidal fight. So uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, a couple week or a couple months ago, excuse me, I think it was August, uh, Usman fought Jose Masvidal, um, and it was a really, really terrible fight. Like it was up against the cage uh, for most of the fight. Not a lot of action. Uh, most most UFC fans remember it as Usman just stomping on Masvidal's toes. I mean, it was absolutely an embarrassment. It was a clinic as far as, like, how to score points. It was very, like, May, Mayweatherian-esque. That's not a word. So it was very much like Floyd Mayweather um, where he just – points people to death now, late in his career. Uh, That's really what Usman was doing to Masvidal in that fight. And now I think that might be why. Because Usman is like a grappling specialist. So I was not expecting him to stay standing up that fight and take the fight to him. But he got into him, stomped on his toes, pointed him to death, won the fight, retained his belt. So, I mean... With a, with a shattered nose, that probably has a bit to do with it. Um, I, I, I'm i starting to think that this might be a bit uh, of an excuse for that fight being a little bit underwhelming. Uh, it could be off base there. Obviously, I'm not going to injury shame somebody. If you have a shattered nose and you step into the octagon with somebody, you have far bigger balls than I do, so I can't really judge, but... Based on the product that was put out, I guess that could that that would make sense. Um, hopefully, there was something actually wrong with him because if this is just an excuse to cover up for for that lackluster fight. Then that's, I mean, that's not what you want to see. Have a little bit of pride, right? Have a little bit of pride. Tuck in your shirt. Take a lap. It's a solid kicking and screaming reference there for your boy. Man, what a fun Friday night! I'm sitting in my room talking sports. I mean, this is this is beautiful. Um, let's move it on to the NHL. Um, For those of you who did not tune in, we have a new show Wolfpack Productions is proud to announce that we just started a new hockey talk show called Peaky Benders, uh, hosted by yours truly. I sit down, I talk about all the breaking news in the hockey world, I'll give you my gambling card, I'll give you my picks for the the games coming up, I highlight some key storylines, my takeaways from the past week. Uh, Once or twice a week, we'll see how it goes, Uh, really just depends on what the slate of games is looking like. So yeah, make sure you guys check that out, that's on all platforms as well. Uh so yeah I, I appreciate the support there. Uh but on this show let's talk about um Kevin Fiala getting suspended uh for 3 games after his hit on Matt Roy. So the um the wild I don't want to call him a superstar but he is in very important to that to that lineup. Uh yeah, he is going to miss 3 games uh due to this boarding call. Now I, I definitely think it was dirty. Um definitely worth the suspension, but to say that I don't want to say that it was like super malicious, right? I don't want to attack anyone's character here. Um, definitely worthy of a suspension. Let's not attack his character because this is not, this is an isolated instance for Fiala. I mean, he's not really known as like a dirty guy. He just made a, a, a dirty play. So I'm not going to hold him against the Coles for this one for sure. But um, definitely worthy of a suspension. I don't know if I would say three games or not, maybe, maybe one. Uh, Maybe two, uh, definitely a fine, but three games is kind of steep, especially in a shortened season. The Wild, not really out of playoff contention, obviously only two weeks into the season. Now you lose a, a key part to your roster. Playoff hopes looking a little bit dimmer there in Minnesota, who who actually just started a bit of a rebuild, but are playing above expectations as of now. So, huge loss for them. Uh, Matt Roy is okay. I think he's expected to miss, like, a game, but anything past a game, I'd be shocked. Hockey players are just built different. Um, speaking of missing games, the Knights, who are just an absolute wagon, like they are a gong show wagon, they have their next two games postponed to coronavirus. Obviously, you expect this in this kind of crazy climate that we're in right now. You're going to have some games postponed. It just is the nature of the beast, right? You're in the belly of the beast. You're not in a bubble. You're going to have some games postponed. You're just going to have to deal with it. The interesting thing here is going to see how this veteran team, uh, who, who's leading the league in points right now. I think they have nine points as we speak. Uh, they're leading the league in points. Far and away the best team in the league as, as it currently sits. Does this hinder um, their team chemistry at all, right? You're having to stay away from everybody. You you have things clicking on the ice. Now you got to spend two weeks away from everybody. Does that hurt things? I mean, the Caps have missed two... Um, uh two games or three games from their three or four best players and they're still rolling so maybe it doesn't but you never know um uh, with them missing a couple games the whole team i think it could have a little bit of an impact so when they do come back hammer their opponent puck line and money line i think that's a smart play but i'll keep you guys updated on that obviously um but yeah vegas to mix miss their next two games that that really stinks uh this one this one was actually some really crazy breaking news. Uh it caught it caught me off guard. It caught Sidney Crosby off guard. I mean that's just that that's even more important. Uh the Penns GM steps away for personal issues. Uh like I said, I mean that shocked Sid, uh, I feel really bad They said it was personal issues He didn't go into much more detail than that If you're leaving a multi-million dollar job For personal issues It has to be something super serious So I'm, I'm not going to speculate As to what that could be I hope everything is alright there on, on the family front um, Or if it's something like mental health I, I hope that he gets the help that he needs That really stinks As far as the GM job in Pittsburgh That's a lucrative position Like That job is not going to stay vacant very long now whether they allow him to retake, reclaim his uh, his position after everything is resolved, that's another story. If it is something mental health, I would say probably they will. Uh, if he maybe he got into some gambling debt or something, I would say then probably not. But uh, like I said, I'm not going to speculate on what it is. I hope that he gets the help that he needs. But very interesting to see nonetheless. I don't think they have named an interim GM as of now. I probably look for that announcement coming in the next couple weeks. Moving to the NBA, what a sick league we got. I mean it is honestly like the amount of like just babies in the league is un- unbearable at times, but don't look now. The Knicks, the Grizzlies and the Suns, three of the five youngest teams in the league are all legitimate playoff contenders. And I know you're saying, Ian, you're crazy. You're a crazy guy. Like, you're biased for the Knicks, and you're just saying this for hot takes. But, as it currently sits, the Knicks, probably the worst of the three teams, are the nine seed in the East. The Grizzlies and the Suns are firmly in the playoff race in the West at the six and seven seed. All three of these teams have an insane amount of young talent, They have a young superstar and they have a veteran leader that has experience in the playoffs. I honestly do. I think that all three of these teams end up making the playoffs. And I have Knicks fever hard. I've not cared about the Knicks this much since Melo's like, last year there. Uh, I, I'm really excited about this Knicks team. I'm excited about the Suns team too. I think they have what it takes to make a run. Uh, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, uh, DeAndre Ayton. I think that's as good of a big three as you can get in the league right now. I'm not sure if there's much better, especially if there's there's not one that has more talent. There might be better basketball players. But definitely not more talent than those three uh, as far as a big three. So I will take those three. I I like the Suns to make a bit of a run for sure. Uh, Another team that really is surprising. um, I said don't look now already, so I'm not going to use the same cliche twice. But don't look now. The Jazz are the best team in the league by leaps and bounds. Like it's not even close. Here's a stat for you, right? Here's a stat to support my argument. Okay. One, they have the best record in the league. Right. I think they're uh fourteen or ten and ten and two or something like that right now. Two, they have six players averaging double digits as we currently speak. Six. Not five, your starting lineup, but six. So you're starting lineup and then your sixth man. That's absolutely insane. On top of that, they have the best defense in the league. I think the Jazz are poised to actually make a deep postseason run this year. They they play team basketball. They remind me a lot of the Spurs um, when they had their run with Tony Duncan and uh, or, or yeah, Tony Duncan, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu. Um, I, I think that they have that kind of depth and they play that brand of basketball. I really like this Jazz team. I'm looking for them to make a run. Uh, they definitely have a, a a hard path in the West with the Clippers, with the Lakers. But as of now. They look up to the challenge. They look like a very good basketball team. So, for all you gamblers, a future on the Jazz might have a little tasty payout. But speaking of the Clippers, I just mentioned them. Um, They actually get Kawhi Leonard and Playoff P. Playoff P. Paul George back uh playoff p what are the? that's a, that's an all-time just bad nickname self-appointed nickname by the way when he said when he said that in an interview a couple years ago oh you never heard of playoff p it was after he dropped like 45 points in a playoff game and then since then i think his playoff high is like 20 points like he's been terrible in the playoffs since then so you can't self anoint yourself like, playoff P and then just not perform in the playoffs. Like, this man is an absolute gong show. Like, what What are you talking about, Paul? Your name's Paul. You can't be smarting off like, you're, like some G or something. This is one of the more embarrassing things that's ever happened to anybody. I mean, that's up there in all-time embarrassing moments, period. Not just in sports, just period. In, in all of human history, calling yourself playoff P, is a rough look and then being terrible in the playoffs after you call yourself playoff b just unbearable honestly pr 101 i'm not gonna steal a bite but pr 101 paul george never say playoff b ever again just let that die throw it in the fire right throw it in the fire it's done <laughs> You know how, okay so you know how like before playoff games, or, or or after a bad loss, uh, some NFL coaches will call a team meeting and bury the game ball underneath the field to like symbolize the that deck that's done and you're on to something new. Playoff P just needs to to have one of the stadium workers. Pull up a piece of the hardwood. Write down playoff P on a piece of paper, and then just tuck it right under. Tuck it right under the hardwood. Maybe it'll exercise some demons for him, and he'll turn back into pre uh, pre leg break Paul George. I think I just solved. I solved Paul George. I'm telling you, that's it. I, I should just be a sports uh, psychiatrist. Like you're solved. You're solved, Paul George. Like I I have solved your issues for you. You're welcome bow. You're welcome, Paul George. That's like poor poor Paul George getting chirped by some fat dude in his bedroom. Whatever. It'll be all right. He makes millions. I'm not going to feel bad for him. Um, let's talk about some college football now. Obviously, leather weather has been done for a little bit, but there's still some breaking news that we need to talk about. That's what this show is for. This is the all-sports show. Um, so let's start off. The ACC annexes Notre Dame. They were just so embarrassed by the playoff performance that the Fighting Irish put up against the Crimson Tide. They said, we are absolutely done. You go back to being independent. I'm just kidding. Uh, No, but they they actually do. They're going back to their uh, regular ACC schedule. Uh, Notre Dame was annexed, but it was not, obviously, for... For uh, anything that they did. Uh, so they are back to being independent. Probably better scenario for Notre Dame anyway. Now they can schedule who they please. And still get gifted a playoff spot. Playing a cheese wagon schedule. It is what it is. Um, but I, I do think the, the ACC is going to be really interesting next year. If you really think about it. Because Clemson loses a ton. They bring back almost everything on defense. Actually, I think 10 of 11 starters on defense, they return next year. Then on offense, they lose almost everything. I mean, three or four starting offensive linemen, obviously the best quarterback maybe to ever play college football. Uh, Ross actually just... um, committed to, to returning so that's used and then you lose Travis NTN who was maybe the best running back in college football last year so I don't know ACC is going to be pretty interesting UNC is going to be a pretty solid squad too but I'm getting long-winded about college football and we got a long long off season. unfortunately look you just saw me get depressed thinking about that but um well something I'm very not depressed about Jim Chaney was just fired as UT's uh, offensive coordinator so tennessee obviously going through a bit of a coaching search right now uh, they are not going to retain cheney um cheney is one of my top five most hated humans of all time he was the offensive coordinator at georgia for a while um this year was his first year at tennessee when georgia got rid of him i was just thrilled now tennessee's getting rid of him i hate him as a person so i'm glad he got fired but uh i did like it when he was at tennessee just because they were terrible. Like, their offense was terrible, and I, I like when Tennessee's bad. So, shouts out to Gary Helton. I know he's he he's probably listening. Uh, he's a huge Tennessee fan, so I hope I'm happy for him. But uh, I hope that Cheney never has a job ever again in college football, unless... It's at Florida. I would I would be ecstatic if he goes to Florida. Just like uh, Todd Grantham is at Florida. Third and Grantham. If I'll tell you what, if Jim Cheney is the offensive coordinator at Florida next year, with Todd Grantham as the defensive coordinator, oh, that would just be wonderful. Like just absolutely obliterate Florida from the inside. They'd have the two worst coaches in Georgia history on their roster. That I would be. Just ecstatic. Like, that would be just the best thing. I'm not going to chirp Florida and UT, whatever. Georgia just landed another five-star quarterback, Gunnar Stockton. Ever heard of him? You should. He's a menace. But whatever. I'm not going to get long-winded on that. Like I said, we got a long way to go before the season, and I'll talk all my crap once we get a little bit closer there. But that's all the breaking news uh, in college football. Let's get into the real sport, pro football. This is what it really matters. And there's some there's some huge storylines that I need to talk about here. Uh, hopefully, you guys are enjoying me rambling on. I'm having a ton of fun night. I mean, this is what I love. I love sitting here talking sports with you guys. Uh, hopefully, it's a little bit entertaining for you guys. Trying to keep it light for you. Uh, not too much of a... Um, not too much of a... I don't even know what the word I'm looking for. Uh, not so much of a sermon. But just light, conversational, with myself. It's always fun. Uh, but anyway... The Rams reportedly are all in on the Matt Stafford sweepstakes. Uh, I, I honestly understand it because Jared Goff sucks. The issue is you are tied into Jared Goff for I believe sixty-two million if you cut him this year, and thirty-two million if you cut him next year. <coughs> Excuse me. So if you cut him next year. It's 32 million in dead cap space. If you cut him this season, 2021, 60 million in dead cap space. That is, there's no way you can get a deal done. Not to mention that you have no draft capital. You've given all your draft picks up to acquire some talent. Like you got Jalen Ramsey in. You you traded for Marcus Peters. Like that's all. That's all great. It's all fine and dandy. But now you have no draft capital. You just don't. You don't have anything that's expendable. Because if not, all your team's gonna retire and you're gonna have a bunch of bums that you have to sign from from the free agent pool. And you're no, you don't have any money, so the people in the free agent pool that you have access to are the people who were canning grocery or bagging groceries in Canada. So you gotta get lucky and find the next Kurt Warner, which is probably not gonna happen. So Rams, I'm sorry. It would make sense for you to get Matt Stafford. It's just not going to happen. But speaking of Stafford, who does get Matt Stafford? I mean, this is going to be a recurring theme on the show just because it's going to dominate headlines for much of the offseason until it's it's figured out. Does he eventually – he's definitely not staying in Detroit – does he eventually land in some place that has a Super Bowl ready roster, like Indianapolis, like San Francisco? I I, I would venture to say yes. I think those are the two leading candidates right now. Uh, I think the Patriots are an outside chance to get him, just because the asking price is going to be a little bit steep for what I think Bill would want to give up. Uh, right now, reportedly, they want to give a, or they want to get a. First in return, uh, but they are also open to a second and a third as return as well. So, uh, the last I saw, the 49ers were in for two seconds and two thirds. That seems like a crazy overspend to me. Like, that is a big, big return for an aging quarterback on a pretty decent-sized contract, especially especially when you consider that the 49ers are still... Um, Ball and chain to Jimmy G. Like, that is that is one of the biggest hindrances to them. Now, they have a little bit of an easier time cutting Jimmy G, and I think that you could trade Jimmy to, like, I, I pray that it's not the Pats, but I wouldn't be surprised if Bill was interested You trade him to New England for like a fourth or a fifth round pick. That seems a little bit more likely than cutting him just because of the dead cap space. But you have to do something. You can't keep Jimmy G on the same roster with Matt Stafford with both of those contracts. It just is, is not possible. And if you're Detroit, if you take a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo that includes Matt Stafford, what are you doing? If you're going to keep a big contract, at least keep a big contract on a quarterback that's worth something. Now you're taking on a quarterback that is more expensive and leaps and bounds like worse. Like he's just—he's not even the same conversation as far as talent-wise as Stafford. So that doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, I don't look for that to happen. If a trade is done, it will not include Jared Goff or Jimmy Garoppolo. I will stake my life on that. Uh, the team that I mentioned previously, I, I do, I think the Colts make a lot of sense, and, and Don and Cheek and, and uh, PB, they're going to love that. Uh, I do, I think I think the Colts make a lot of sense. They have one of the, the highest amount of draft picks in the league right now. They have a ton of cap space going into next year, about $100 million if I'm not, or, or excuse me, $80 million if I'm not mistaken, which is among the highest in the league. I think top three in the league as it currently sits. Like, They have the the draft capital. They have the cap space. They do have quite a bit of free agents that they have to retain, but nothing nothing crazy. The one thing they can't do, though, is they can't give up their first-round pick. I think they have to go left tackle in the first round because there is a decent amount of talent at tackle in this draft, but they have a Super Bowl-ready roster. Outside of quarterback and left tackle. Like, plug in Matt Stafford. If you get a left tackle that can breathe air correctly and not have to go through like a, a ventilator. You're going to compete for a Super Bowl next year. It just—it It is what it is. The wide receivers are going to take a step. Pascal looks good. Hopefully, Paris Campbell can stay healthy. Um, T.Y. is now your second or third option instead of having to be the true number one guy. Not to mention the best offensive line of football and a great running game. You give Matt Stafford that roster, and that is absolutely scary. So scary. And then uh, the Pats make a lot of sense for him, too. I don't know if they'll give up what the Lions are asking, but if that asking price drops, it's kind of the same situation, right? The Pats then have a top five offensive line in the league. They have a great running game. I mean, the running game has been unbelievable the past couple years, and that, that is big, big part to do with the offensive line being as good as it's been. The wide receivers are the one spot in New England where you can say, yeah, is Stafford going to want to play there? Like, Even if he's traded there, is that something that is lucrative enough for him to continue to play? Maybe he retires. Definitely something to think about. That's why I don't want them to give up the first-round pick because one of two things is going to happen at 15. You're going to get one of the best four pass catchers in the draft, so either Waddle, Devontae Smith, uh, Kyle Pitts, or uh, Jamar Chase, you're gonna get one of those four at 15. You're gonna get a top two defensive player. I think Mika Parsons is gonna be gone, but you could probably get Aziz Ojalari. Um, or uh, you're definitely not getting Patrick Sertain. He's gone. So so maybe a top two or three uh, defensive player. Or you're getting Mac Jones. And if Mac Jones is is there at 15, which I think I almost guarantee that he will. I think it's a bit of a reach, but I don't know if he's going to be there at 42 at your next pick, and I think that's the play. You're either getting Stafford in free agency or you're drafting Mac Jones. Ideally, you do both. That way, Mac Jones can sit and learn under Stafford, just like uh, Roger sat and learned under Favre, and even really Brady sat and learned under Bledsoe for a year until, obviously, Bledsoe got hurt. So... Do I expect Mac Jones to be Brady or Rodgers? No, but I, I do like I, – I, of all the quarterbacks, I actually do think that he is going to be the best uh, from this draft class outside of Trevor Lawrence, who is just a generational talent. So, I mean, that's that's not really fair. But, yeah, I do, I, I like Stafford to New England. I think it's a good possibility. Um, where do you guys think he's going to end up? Make sure you guys comment on this. Um, DM us. Send us a reply to a tweet. Let us know where you think he is. We'll get some of the best replies uh, featured on the show. I actually want to start doing voicemail. so let me know if you guys would be interested. Interested in that I think that would be just a lot of fun I think that would be wicked fun uh so yeah we're, we're gonna start doing that too brainchild I mean I'm sitting sitting here I'm just think, constantly thinking of new ideas to keep things fun keep things groovy um let's move it on though the speaking while well, we didn't speak of the Packers so I don't know why I was going to transition like that but the Packers fired their defensive coordinator um I I honestly don't understand why. Like the defense, not 2020, but 2019 when they had a top five defense, that was an anomaly. They absolutely were not that defense ever. They had so much turnover luck. I, I mean, that just was not who they ever were. Now, this year, their defense was still good, but they regressed to the mean. That's to be expected when you absolutely out, when you outperform expectations that much, you're going to regress to the mean. That that is that's a term for a reason because it happens. Um, I don't know if the firing was deserved, but they're they're doing something to make some changes right. Obviously, if you score thirty points in an NFC Championship game, you expect to win. They didn't, so it happened. Um, but but. Honestly, the Packers have bigger fish to fry because, according to a league source, the Rodgers situation in Green Bay has gone nuclear. So obviously, if you didn't see his postgame comments where he was um, speaking about the, the Matt LaFleur uh, field goal decision uh, right there at the end of the fourth quarter to kick the field goal rather than go for it when you're down eight with two minutes left with Tom Brady on the other side when you're definitely not going to get the ball back. Matt, Rodger, er, Matt Rogers. Aaron Rodgers was pretty pissed about that and rightfully so. And now apparently, like I said, according to a league source, they said that it's going nuclear. So does that mean that Aaron Rodgers is not back in Green Bay next year? I think it's a it's it's a possibility, but to say that it is for sure, you'd be an idiot. To say that he's anywhere but Green Bay and say it confidently, I think you'd be a moron because they're not going to let a top five to seven quarterback of all time just walk away with five or six years left it just is not going to happen and Aaron Rodgers is the MVP this year it's not like he's on a decline and you're like well you're getting rid of an egotistical guy who never really performed he's egotistical as crap there's no no doubt about it he's one of the biggest divas in NFL history but he consistently performs and is one of the best quarterbacks of all time for a reason I think he's back in Green Bay. I think it would take a haul and then some. Like you're talking five first-round picks and then a slew of late-round picks after that, if not a starter in some other position already as well as the first. So to say that there's a chance that Rodgers is not in Green Bay, I mean, there's always a chance, but I will not say with any amount of confidence that he's anywhere but Lambeau Field next year. I mean, that's just is not going to happen. Disgruntled quarterbacks are all the rage nowadays, though, uh, because the Texans, they hired Cully as their head coach, and you might say, "Uh, well, Ian who? And... You're asking the wrong guy because this is the, the hiring that makes me scratch my head just the absolute most. I have no idea what the Texans are doing with this hiring. Um, you hire a guy who's almost 70 years old and his first head coaching job ever. Doesn't make a lot of sense, right? I love Nick Casario for what he did with the Pats, but I'm going to absolutely... Fl- I was going to say fry and flame at the same time, and then just came out as... F- I'm going to absolutely flame you, Nick Casario, what is this hire this is one of the worst hires in NFL history this is an embarrassment not only not only is this his first head coaching job right he said he took this job strictly because Deshaun Watson was the quarterback that's why he took the job my guy have you not been watching the news Deshaun Watson is not going to be the quarterback in in Houston next year he just is not going to he he Formally demanded a trade um, this week, so he's out. Now, what they get as far as a return now is in question because when you have a little bit of leverage, obviously you'll get more for a potential future Hall of Fame quarterback, which is what Deshaun Watson looks like right now, a future Hall of Fame quarterback. Now you lost all your leverage because now they know for sure he does not want to be there. So now you're in panic mode. Well, are we paying him what we owe him All this uh, – $30 million in his first year of his contract. Are we paying him that just so we can sit at the house and play Fortnite? Probably not, right? They should, but they probably won't. So I, I'm I'm interested to see where Deshaun ends up. Rumor has it right now the Jets and the Dolphins are the two leading candidates there. I'll be highly, highly, highly upset uh, if that happens. Now, the, I just got done saying that I don't want the Pats to give up a first-round pick for... Matt Stafford, and that has a lot to do with the fact that Stafford is, what, 33 years old. He does probably have five or six years left, but nothing more than that. Even that five years, I'd be surprised. He'd probably fall off pretty quickly towards the end of that fifth year. Deshaun has another decade, at least, to play. Give up four first-round picks. At this point, give up five first-round picks. I don't care. Get Deshaun and keep him out of the division. At worst, I would give up five first-round picks to make sure he does not go to the Dolphins because you plug Deshaun Watson into that Dolphins team and they are not even just a playoff contender anymore. They compete f- with the Bills for that division for a while and they definitely compete for Super Bowl berth. Like, there's no no two ways around it. An up-and-coming head coach, a defense that's loaded with talent and young talent at that, and then you have a top-five quarterback in the league with that running game, that that would be absolutely filthy. Keep him out of there. Now, there was there was a little bit of a speculation, too, that there could be a little bit of a four-way trade involving Jimmy G, uh, Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, and Deshaun Watson. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say no. That's not going to happen. Like This just is not a, a scenario that's going to take place. The one thing that I could see happening is... I'm not sure if it's a possibility in the NFL or not, but I could see the Texans and the Rams making a bit of a deal to trade Goff to the Texans if the Rams retain a little bit, not even a ton, just a little bit of that salary, right? In just in dead money. So they retain a little bit of the salary, trade him to Houston for with like two first round picks so two first round picks or three and Jared Goff for Deshaun Watson I think that makes sense another team that's been floated around that's been interested in Deshaun is Cleveland and people will say well Baker played pretty well took them to the playoffs for the first time in 17 years that's that's absolutely fair Baker played well enough to get them to the playoffs but if you think that going from Baker to Deshaun doesn't instantly make the Browns not even a Super Bowl contender, a Super Bowl favorite, you are a clown. They would be a top two team in the NFL and it would be them and the Chiefs. And outside of that, I wouldn't bet on anyone else to win the Super Bowl. Maybe the Browns being the Browns, I would be a little bit afraid. But then that becomes one of the most talented teams uh, maybe ever, right? The amount of talent on that roster would be Absolutely disgusting. And we're going to finish it off with this thought for Texans fans. And and this is a little bit of comedy for everybody else. But if you're a Texans fan, and I know there's only three of them, so the odds that any Texans fans are listening to this is, is very slim. But in the past calendar year, the Texans are about to have lost... DeAndre Hopkins, future Hall of Fame wide receiver, probably best receiver in the league and at least the best gener- best receiver in our generation. So in the past, what, decade, I think hands-on best receiver. Deshaun Watson, who, like I said, right now is on pace to have a Hall of Fame career quarterback, top five quarterback in the league right now, inarguable. I would venture to say top two or three. I really like Deshaun. I think he's phenomenal. Phenomenal talent. Great arm strength. He's smart. Uh, He's got all the tools. You're about to lose him. And the face of your franchise, J.J. Watt also wants out. So not only are you going to lose those two or future Hall of Famers, you are going to lose a future first Ballot Hall of Famer and J.J. Watt, one of the best defensive players of all time, the only three-time Defensive Player of the Year. I might have to double-check that. I think it's him and LT are the only two three-time Defensive Players. Of the year. I mean, how uh, are the Texans the worst run franchise in all of sports history? I think they have only had like five winning seasons their whole existence. In fairness, they had they just started in two thousand three, so you know, small sample size. But five winning seasons in now almost two decades, with that amount of talent, I I did thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers to the three Texans fans. Um, hope maybe you're listening. If not, everyone else can laugh at your pain because that that's comedy. Like Bengals fans complain, and Mike Brown's a terrible owner. There's no doubt about it. But, like, at least you're not the Texans. That that's You're not the Texans and you're not the Jets. Those, those, those are great silver linings. You know, you wake up in the morning and you're like, man, I'm a Bengals fan. That kind of sucks. But then, oh, bing, that light bulb goes off. At least I'm not a Texans or a Jets fan. At least I'm not one of those. But that's going to wrap it up, guys. Uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Obviously, solo show. I got kind of long-winded on some stuff, so hopefully it made it a little bit more fun and not so melodramatic, monotone uh but uh no like i was saying i really do appreciate you guys tuning in uh hopefully it was fun i do have some hats coming at you guys soon they are finishing up now Uh, they're going to be winter toboggans they're going to sell for 25 dollars a piece Uh, i will tweet that picture out as soon as i get them so make sure you guys uh tune in checking in on that We'll catch you guys next week. We got a full slate. We got two episodes of Bros Being Dudes, two episodes of Peaky Benders, uh, nothing but nylon finally dropping, finally dropping. I mean, I've been promising it for weeks. We just had so much going on, but that's finally in the works. I am wicked excited. Uh, things are taking off, but I always get really long-winded on the episodes or on the on the outro. so I'm going to shut up. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you guys next time. Peace.
0: Back in the days on the boulevard, I landed. We used to kick boot. And the presence was fitting It was I, the abstract And me, the five-footer I kicks the mad style So step off the frank-footer Yo, five, you remember that routine? That way you to make spiffy like Mr. Clean Um, um, a tidbit Um, a spigeon I don't get the message So <laughs> you got to okay. run the pigeon You're on point, Fife. All the time, Tip You're on point, Fife. All the time, Tip You're on point, Fife. All the time, time, Tip But then grab the microphone And let your words rip Now here's a funky introduction Of how nice I am Tell your mother, tell your father Send a telegram. I'm like an energizer cause you see I last long My crew is never ever whack because we stand strong man if you say my style is whack, that's where you're dead wrong I slay that body and El Segundo then push it along You'll be a fool to reply. the fight is not the man Cause you know and I know that you know who I am A special shout of piece goes out to all my pals, you see And a middle finger goes for all you punk MCs Cause I love it when you whack MCs despise me They get vexed, I will next cause none contest me I'm just a and see who's poppin' and very brave on top remaining no i'm training because i misbehave i come correct and full effect of all my holes in check and before i get the butt the gym must be erect. you see my aura is positive i don't promote no junk see i'm far from a bully and i ain't a punk extremity of rhythm yeah that's what you heard so just clean out your ears and just check the word check the vibe. The presence was fitting. It oh. was I, the viper, and me, the abstract. The rhymes were so rumpin' that the brothers wrote the zap Hey yo, Tip, do you recall when we used to rock what? those fly routines on your cousin's block? Um, let me see. Damn, I can't remember. I'll receive the message and you will play the same. You're on point tip. All the time, Fife. You're on point tip. Yeah, all the time, Fife. You're on point tip. You're all the time, Fife. So play the resurrector yeah. and give the dead some life. Okay, if knowledge is the key, then just show me the lock. Got the scrawny legs, but I move just like Lou Brock with speed. I'm agile, plus I'm worth your while. 100% intelligent black child. My after presentation sizzles the retina. How far must you go to gain respect? Um. Well it's kind of simple, just remain your own, or you'll be crazy, sad, and alone. Industry rule number 4080. Record company people are shady. So kids watch your back. Cause I think they smoke crack. I don't doubt it. Look at how they act. off the better things like a hip hop forum. Pass me the rock and I'll score 'em with the girl and proper. What you say, hammer, proper. Rap is not pop if you call it that then stop.